Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com. Welcome back to another episode of The John Morris Show. So my little brother works for one of these big tech companies. It's He is one of the sources of where I get my insight on kind of what goes on inside these companies and, and why I talk about some of the things that I talk about because he's really involved with that. He's worked with several b- bigger bigger tech companies, but more importantly than that, the clients of the company that he works for are themselves big corporations and and companies. So get a lot of insight there. Anyway, at this company, he is a senior consultant. So he has people, he has developers who work for him. And anytime he gets a new employee, he has kind of the same test, if you will, that he gives them. So he does data migration. So it's a lot of SQL queries and working with databases and so forth. And so one of the first things he'll do is he'll give them a chunk of SQL SQL code or SQL code that is pretty commonly used in what they do. And he'll ask them to learn it. And then he waits and he's looking for something very specific from them. So a couple examples. So sometimes one of those, he says, one of those developers, he'll give you know, this piece of code out and, and the developer will take it and then, you know, they'll, he won't say anything about it. He won't bring it up and it'll be a couple weeks later and he'll either mention it or they'll come to him and they'll be their Their basic response is, so, you know, what's, what's this code for exactly again? How do I use it? What, what, what is it, it, it used for, et cetera. And then there's the opposite side of that or the other side of that where he'll give somebody the code. And they'll come back you know, a week or two later and they'll say to him, so I noticed if I change this part of the query that then it'll do X. But if I change this part of the query, it'll do Y. Oh, and you have to be careful about this over here because if you do this to it, then it'll return invalid data and so forth. Now, of those two developers, which one do you think he's going to invest his time in? And he's really kind of a stickler about this. He's kind of hard nosed about it that he will not invest his time in someone who he doesn't believe he's not going to, he believes that he's going to have to teach them every little thing, right? He's going to have to show them every single little part. He doesn't invest. He just simply doesn't invest his time in those people. He only invests his time in the people that he can kind of guide in a general direction, give them something and they'll take their own initiative to then dig into it and and learn exactly how it works and kind of pull it apart and put it back together and so forth. So those are the only people that he will invest his time in, in terms of his employees. And he'll, the other people he'll very quickly kind of uh, help to them to move on from, from his team or from the company, et cetera. So, and again, he's kind of hard nosed about that because he, Again, he's pretty busy and he just doesn't have the time to invest in in people like that who you have to teach every little thing. Now, when you think about that, it I mean, it seems simple enough, right? Initiative being important. But I see uh, it seems like more and more I see lots of developers doing this sort of thing. Now, the way it comes across to me is they'll drop some massive chunk of code to me in an email or a YouTube con comment and they'll say fix it for me and my general reaction to that is 
No, I usually don't even respond to those emails or to those comments because to me, it's it really is doing you a disservice. One of the biggest parts of being a web developer is learning how to figure figure that stuff out for yourself, right? It, people get so wrapped up in being a good developer is all about knowing this technical thing or this technical thing or this technical thing. But I don't believe that one bit. What makes a good developer is someone who has initiative, someone who you know, has persistence in pursuing problems, someone who can be creative in their solution, someone who has the confidence in their own ability to figure things out. To me, those are the things that kind of sit under the actual technical skills. And if you have these things, then the technical skills are really just a byproduct of that. But people tend to focus so much on the technical skills part of it. And whenever I bring this up, people will kind of always say, oh, yeah, we know that stuff. You know, that's, you know, we've read, we've read this book, too, that talks about that stuff. Or so-and-so talks about that. Like, you're just regurgitating what they're saying. But my question to you is, are you actually doing it? See, I wouldn't talk about these things. I wouldn't bring them up if I saw more people doing them. But too often, what I see from developers is them wanting someone else to give them exactly everything that they need. I see a lack of initiative and a, and a lack of assertiveness uh, on their part. Not everybody, but it's definitely uh, an issue that I see come up often enough that I continue to speak about it. So if more people were doing it, then it wouldn't be something that I would bring up. But unfortunately, I still see a lot of it. And so again, whenever somebody kind of does that to me or brings that up, I I generally don't respond. But my the thought that goes through my head is, sorry, but this coding thing may not be for you. And now I know this is going to be a little bit of kind of the get off my grass old manish, but I think a big part of it is these days it seems like new developers, new people getting into our industry who are learning how to code now are a little bit spoiled. And it's because there's so many options out there now, right? There's so many different ways that you can learn this stuff, so many different ways that that you can learn how to go code, so many different good courses and tutorials. And that's a good thing, but frankly, some of y'all are getting a little bit entitled. Like you, you are owed to be taught every exact little thing, right? Like you're owed to be given this career. And I'm telling, I'm here to tell you now, nothing could be further from the truth because ultimately this is all on you, right? This is about your life and what you want. And nobody owes you a thing. The one thing that has always and will always separate successful developers, really successful people in anything from everyone else is initiative, is grabbing what you want by the horns and wrangling it to the ground and taking it for yourself, not waiting for someone to hand it to you, to give it to you taking the initiative to go out and do it yourself. <laughs> now, I'll, I'm getting a bit ranty here, but here's the point. 
If you want it, go get it yourself. Don't wait for anyone else to give it to you. Don't ask permission. Go and take what you want. Now, obviously, I'm talking in the context of everything you do should be ethical and moral. I'm not saying go into your neighbor's house and take what you want. But in a, in a kind of metaphorical sense, you have to be the one that takes the initiative. Nobody else is going to hand it to you. Anyway, what my little the test that my little brother was talking about and this idea of initiative is one of the many important things that he revealed in an interview that I did with him. And in that interview, we talked about his path from basically he's broke living on my couch uh, with six kids, how he went from that to uh, a six-figure coder in... It was just about, I think, three to four years. And I was kind of involved in the whole process. I, you know, we talk a lot. And so I got to hear, hear everything. And so I kind of have known this, but I did want to do an interview with him where I got him to talk about kind of every little thing of how he did that, because it is really a pretty uh, remarkable story. So like one of the things he talks about is the exact interview process that he went through at IBM. And it was actually pretty similar for a couple of other tech companies he applied at. So if you're someone who's wondering what that process is like, what those companies are, are looking for, the questions they ask, what they're expecting, etc., and you're a little worried about that part of it, he actually talks about that and what, you know, what the questions they asked him, what they were looking for, and then what he did to, to, to answer those, to kind of ace those questions and ultimately get hired at IBM. He also talks about I think probably the most important part uh, of the whole interview is once he actually did get hired what he did to make himself invaluable as a member of of the teams that he worked on the projects that he worked on and then how he leveraged that to double his salary in about a year and a half and to me this is the most this is the most kind of amazing part of his story I mean he got hired as, at an entry-level position at a tech company. Lots of people do that. But most people don't then take that and in about a year and a half, double their salary and then double it again, right? Most most people just, that that's not how it works. And so, again, that's the most invaluable part. And so he talks about how he did that. And actually, one of <clears throat> one of the interesting things about it is the the company that he got hired after IBM one of the reasons why he got hired at that company is because there were some other IBM people who he had worked on a project with who got hired by that company and as soon as that company hired them they told that new company hey you need to go and get this guy to do the data migration because he's really really good and so that company actually approached him and that was one of the ways he was able to double his salary was leveraging how invaluable he made himself to these other people. And so he talks about some of the things that he did in order to do that, that I don't think are, you know, it's not common things that you would think about. There's some things in there that uh, are a little counterintuitive that he did uh, in order to do that. So he talks about that. He talks about every other little thing that he's kind of learned along the way of this journey. So again, this is an interview I did with him. As you've probably guessed, uh, you can get <clears throat> access to this interview over on Patreon at johnmorrisonline.com slash Patreon. So if you want to learn 
how to try to become a six-figure coder from someone who's actually done it. And you want to hear kind of the exact process that he went through in order to do that, then uh, you'll definitely want to head on over and check that out. Again, it's johnmorrisonline.com slash Patreon. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next time.